0: And it looks like we're live. Just to start off, that was a brutal loss for the Jazz. The Jazz played an excellent game right up until the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. They still were in it, though. They were fighting. When the Sixers came back, they kept the lead. And then Joel Embiid had a crazy three-pointer. It was a tough three that he hit. Over Bojan to take them to overtime. When it got to overtime, the Jazz just couldn't do anything. Mitchell couldn't. He, he hit one shot, but he wasn't really hitting. Bojan hit a shot. Uh, Mitchell got ejected in overtime. Um, so crazy. Lots of drama right there at the end. So if I wasn't rooting for the Jazz, and if I was just coming in as a third party fan, just kind of for watching the game, that would be that would be an awesome game to go back and rewatch. Lots of good basketball. We got some great dunks, a great performance by Joel Embiid, a great performance from Donovan Mitchell. There's a lot that I learned about the 76ers from this game. Uh, so I'll probably talk about that a little bit. Um but yeah, honestly, I'll I'll go through the stats really quick. I feel like sometimes I spend too much time on the stats, so I'll go through those real quick. Leave your comments in the live chat. I want to get a discussion going. Uh, if there's ever kind of a dead time, I'll go back and leave and, and talk about what I learned about the 76ers and different things that I pulled from the game. Um, but I'll I'll try to hop into the chat here pretty soon. I'll buy a little time going through stats just to give you guys some time to to think of, of some comments and, and comment them and give time for other people to uh, join on the live stream. But like I said, rough loss for the Jazz um it's rough losing two in a row especially with how good the jazz have been and the jazz had this game and it just slipped from their fingers looking at the stats the for the team stats yeah like the jazz really weren't shooting well they shot 100 shots which was seven more shots than the sixers but they made four less shots than the sixers they're shooting 44 percent so 44 for 100 Their three-point shooting was really good Uh, It kind of dropped off there in the fourth quarter and in overtime, but they were well over 50% for a good amount of game. They finished at 47.7%, and they made 21 threes compared to the Sixers' 8 threes. So The three-point shooting was there. It was just everything else. It, It makes sense. The Sixers are a very big team. They have Embiid. They have Simmons, who can both guard in the paint. They have Dwight Howard coming off the bench. A lot of their wing players, especially their bench players coming off, coming on like they're big players so it makes sense that jazz really aren't a big team other than Gobert. so it makes sense that they really shut down anything inside the three-point line um and and it kind of showed me that the sixers can match up against the jazz a lot better than i thought they would be able to because uh, last time they played Embiid was out so we did really, it wasn't a fair comparison um the other stats that i want to point out as far as team stats wise turnovers it wasn't a huge issue for the Jazz. They still had five more, which is a problem, especially in the game that goes into overtime. If they had helped, kept the ball a little better, the game would have been different. Obviously, like it comes down to that Embiid 3 um, ref. So if just a few things changed, the Jazz would have had the game and it would have never gone into overtime. Another thing to look at is points in the paint. The Sixers had 64 points in the paint compared to the Jazz's 44. Um... So that really shows where the Sixers' strengths are, and and it, they really brought out a weakness in the Jazz. the The good side is even like we do have Gobert, and he's the best post defender in the league. But with as far as other size goes, if you have more than one big man, that's where the Jazz kind of got exposed tonight. Is when uh, with both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, and then I'll just go through the box score real quick, but. Mitchell had a great game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 33 points. Everyone else on the Jazz kind of had what you expected. I was hoping for a little more from Mike Conley, but he shot well, 6 for 13, so not nothing to complain about. Embiid killed it, 19 rebounds, 40 points. Tobias Harris was his wingman tonight with 22 points. Um, Tobias Harris has been having a better season than I kind of expected from him. Uh, So good for him. I I like Tobias Harris, but obviously wasn't a huge fan of him tonight. Uh, And then the only other highlight from the box score that I wanted to point out is Dwight Howard hit a three. Um, I know it. I know it kind of sucks that the Jazz lost, but I just want to take a moment and and ask like, has Dwight Howard been shooting threes and I've been missing this? Because I remember back when Dwight Howard was All Star, Dwight Howard, he would take a three in the All Star game as a joke. Um, But he took a game, he took a three in a real game and he hit it tonight. Um, So I thought that was kind of fun, even though it sucks that the Jazz lost and the Jazz could have used an extra three points at the end of regulation. Um, But let me know if I've been missing something with Dwight Howard. Uh, I'll hop into your comments. I'm guessing there's going to be some doom and gloom there, but I'll hop in. Let's get a conversation going. Um, I think that's the most fun part of live streams. I hope you think that too. And then if if there's kinda dead um dead time then I'll I'll come back and, and kinda go through m- more of my analysis of the game and get a little deeper into that. Um so Ballin All Day says, uh, why do they not like the jazz, the Royce out bounce bounds play? Um, I think I'm missing some context there, but it does remind me of something that in Un- completely unrelated so if you want to clarify your question i i can um <laughs> I-, I i can uh come back to that but when i was listening when donovan mitchell got ejected in overtime so i'm not exactly sure i'm guessing he was talking to us, and that's what gave him a technical and that was his second technical which got him ejected and <laughs> the announcers kind of made me they, they made me kind of angry because they were talking about i'm a big donovan mitchell fan not only because i think he's an awesome player but i think he's a really good team player he's a great teammate he's a great um like community piece i love having him in utah because i think he's great for the community as well um but like when he got ejected the announcers were like oh that's a really like they're saying like oh that's a really selfish move on Donovan Mitchell's part this is a close game and you go and get yourself ejected like i don't know. It, it made me angry hearing them talk about him that way one because he wasn't uh what i saw it wasn't like he was going anything overboard and and he was he was not happy about the call or the technical or anything he didn't he thought that was a little excessive and then uh, and like what he was doing it wasn't he wasn't being selfish like trying to show off how how right he was he was trying to show like defend his team and and, and try to put them in the best place to win but they're out here calling him selfish so i was not happy about that that, that kind of got my blood boiling a little bit um carter says are you ready to make a video about the nba's bias against the jazz um you know there have been several games where if like I th- I mentioned this briefly in in a live stream of, I don't know like two three weeks ago that it it's always really easy to feel uh, and, and I know this has happened and there have definitely been bad calls so so I'm not saying like all the calls were right but it's it's really easy to feel as a small market team that the league as a whole is against you and that, um, there's some sort of conspiracy with the refs trying to get you to lose games. Um, at, and at the end of the day, you have your own bias as a fan that when you see bad calls, you recognize the bad calls against your teams, but you tend to tune out the bad calls against other teams and and i would agree that there have been some pretty bad calls against the jazz recently i wouldn't say that there's a there's like a conspiracy or bias against the jazz um it has been really annoying the technicals in this game were really annoying i don't think it's anything major um and I, i and like most importantly i don't think the jazz players feel that way if they do start feeling that way, that's going to be a problem, and the Jazz aren't going to perform well if they start thinking like that that the NBA has a bias against them. Um, because at that point, then you're saying you you don't have control over that. So I I wouldn't say that 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 that's a real thing yet. If that if it like continues every single game like this, maybe I I'd, I'd start buying into that. Uh, there have been some bad ref games though, and and that happens. Um. I don't know you you, people never interpret what they see correctly and so it's incredible the refs do as good as they do is going to be my take on that obviously there have been some awful calls that refs have made against the jazz and but it happens to every team um yeah it's a rough game I I was because there's not going to be another jazz game for a good while because of the All Star break. Um, so the All Star games, I, I think it's this weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then there's a week of just break after that. So I was really excited when I saw the Jazz were up in the fourth quarter. I was I thought this was, this was going to be an awesome stream. Last stream, like last stream after a game for a while for me. And then uh, I don't know. It's it. it yeah i'm pretty upset about the loss too at the same time though let's let's take a positive spin from it that like the sixers are a really good team the jazz had them they just slipped up a little towards the end um even with like uh there were bad calls like sure but at the same time the jazz didn't play their best either so let's put a little bit on the jazz but at the same time the positive spin is the sixers are the best team in the east um, the Jazz, record-wise, are the best team in the West, but they, they played an awesome game. Obviously, they didn't close out as like we wish they did, but still, they're proving that they're a team that belongs in that conversation of top teams in the league. Um, so, I'll take that. There's some sort of victory there, even though it, it was really rough uh, how it ended and, and that the Jazz lost two in a row. Um Carter um yeah so more about the refs and the comments but Carter says I'll say it once and I'll say it again the NBA can't afford the Jazz to win that that is an interesting we've talked about this on the on the on a stream in the past so I won't go too deep into that um but it is interesting to look at how many times have small market teams like made it to to the finals um and the NBA's definition of small market is kind of skewed um, because they they consider, like, Dallas, that would be considered a small market team, in which case, like, also San Antonio is considered a small market team. So if you look at San Antonio, then then there's that, but they have the star power that they have the national, um, or at least when they were making it to the finals with Tim Duncan, they had the star power that, many even if you weren't a Spurs fan, you're interested in the Spurs. Um but there's really not that many small market teams. So that that's something interesting if you want to uh dig into that and dig into the um the money side of things and all and you could even go into the reputation side of things. But I don't know. I I, I agree partially with that statement I'll say because obviously the Utah fan base is a lot smaller than the Lakers fan base and the Philadelphia Sixers fan base and the Brooklyn Nets fan base. So I'm sure the NBA, as far as money wise, would love to see the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers play each other in the finals. Cause those are going to be the most engaged fans, the biggest stars every, like it will bring in more casual basketball fans. Well, if you get, I don't know, um, like milwaukee and utah those are two small market teams that won't bring in as much like as many casual fans uh, as something like that uh, as bigger markets so i think there there's an argument there i'm not going to say i completely agree but i i partially agree with that statement carter um okay so (laughs) weston's here um yeah, I did get a haircut. Um, with I uh, I don't know what I got. I I, I, cut I cut my hair at home. I'm <laughs> about my haircut. I I used to go and pay for it, and then I got tired of paying for it and decided that I didn't care enough about my hair to, <laughs> to pay for it. So I I just bought a clip set and cut it here at home. Um, but back to basketball. Rough loss. I don't want this to be so doom and gloom. I feel like there's a lot of like, um, yeah, there's a lot of just like the Jazz had it. It slipped. Some awful calls at the end. A crazy shot by Embiid. But digging into this and and kind of what it fits into the bigger picture. Looking at the Jazz, um, I feel like this is almost like it. It's not a good thing, but I feel like there are positives that you can take away as long as. Like it, there are positives when you don't lose more than like two, maybe even three in a row. I feel like the Jazz can learn from this, especially it's two in a row. The Jazz now have time to reset with his all-star break. They can go back and look at what's been going on, try to fix it because obviously they've been playing excellent. But when you play great, you get on other teams' radars. And so now they can look at how other teams are adjusting to them. And they can make adjustments uh, to play for more to their strengths, but also kind of patch up some of their weaknesses. Obviously, they're not going to be practicing much over All Star break, but I know Quinn Snyder is going to go to the drawing board and try to to dig deep into this. Um, because if you can fix those those small little things now, when you've just lost two games in a row, it it prevents it from going to a long winning streak and keeps your your winning ways going so i i don't think this is like obviously this isn't the end for the jazz they're an awesome team it's been two frustrating losses um but i think the jazz are happy with where they are and there's a lot of basketball still to be played and they're going to prove that they still belong where they are um going with a bigger picture for the sixers um i like obviously the Sixers especially like the Sixers fans aren't going to say that like obviously this is a big win for them because it's against a really good jazz team but they're going to be saying that they they've been seeing this from the Sixers all season long and the interesting thing to look back at last year's playoffs when the Sixers lost in the first round everyone was talking about how the process didn't work the process is dead the Sixers team is dead they're never going to do anything in the playoffs they get too they get injured too often there's no way they're a good team and that could possibly happen again this season if someone gets injured but looking at how they're playing now how they're playing against the jazz um and and they they kind of expose the jazz in that they let the jazz do what the jazz are best at shooting threes but they also let the jazz kill themselves by doing what they're best at and like exclusively getting their points from the three-point line and and shutting them out in the paint which shows showed a huge weakness for the Jazz which I'm happy that we're getting exposed in the regular season because if we can patch that up and fix it find a way around it find a way to fix it it won't happen in the playoffs and so I'm hoping the Jazz can now because the reason uh, and I wish I had like a drawing board to try, kind of draw it out to visualize it. But, um, like the reason why three-point shooting is huge in the NBA, a lot of people like talking about, oh, like three's greater than two, so obviously you want to shoot more two, uh, more threes. But, really, the, um. Like the benefit of three-point shooting, it really comes down to spacing, because at the end of the day, the best shot you can get is a layup or a dunk. Um, hopefully uncontested or lightly contested because you're going to make those like 90% of the time and I will take that over a 40% three-point shooter every time even though the threes are worth more points but the reason you if you're really good at threes you force teams to space out it opens up the middle and then you get someone like Gobert and the reason why the Jazz is so good at this is they have players who can and Mitchell Conley and Clarkson who can drive outside N, but then you have Gobert who's there uh, to take lobs or passes or or he can do a pick and roll and that with the shooting everything's open for all the points to be scored in the paint and then if they guard the paint too hard then they kick out to the three and that's there what the sixers did tonight is they proved that they could still guard the three enough that it wasn't a game over while just shutting down the paint and so essentially their strategy was let them shoot threes because they're not going to make every one and but don't let them shoot layups don't let them get dunks and it worked for them Um, obviously they weren't weren't perfect at their strategy but it, it kept them in the game enough to get to overtime and so that might be something that you see teams playing against the jazz with the good news for this though is there's only a handful of teams who could even try this strategy um, before i was thinking of, like the nets would match up well against the jazz if if this is the only way to beat the jazz consistently is shutting down the paint then the nets wouldn't be able to do that um, the lakers might be able to if they get more out of marcus Saul and the clippers probably can just because they're aggressive energetic um team especially the bench players but other than that i can't think of many teams who have really the the post presence or even the size to completely shut down the paint um and so i think the jazz will still win most games there might be a few slip-ups like the like the pelicans game but um that's kind of what i'm seeing big picture from this game um i don't know let me (laughs) let me know if you think i'm crazy or, or if you think that's um th- that makes sense and, and why this shouldn't be a huge doom and gloom because of of what we can learn and hopefully like quinn snyder he's a, he's a great coach so he'll be able to figure out a way around this even if we get matched up with the team in the playoffs who can who can play that strategy against us um i'll i'll head back to the live chat and and um catch up on your comments but yeah, let me know what you think about that um or if I just sounded crazy. Um so Weston and and Carter are asking like who will do the review for the All-Star game or if we're going to do one for the All-Star game. Uh I I Nate I believe Nate is planning to do one. We've kind of been talking back and forth and like we haven't decided but I I'm pretty sure we we did plan on um he would do kind of a review of All-Star weekend after the game and it should be a live stream that night is is what he's planning right now um so yeah look forward to that we'll um and we're, we're trying to figure out cuz there is kind of a dead week uh, after the all-star game and there's not going to be much to talk about so let us know if there's anything that you want us like uh, like to talk about during that week i will be out of town for most of that week so i might it might just be Nate doing a solo episode or or it might be kind of towards the end of the week, but if there's anything you want to see, let us know. And, and Nate and I will talk about it. Uh, Weston says that he wants Nate and I to, to do one, one versus one basketball. Um, that probably won't be happening anytime soon, but I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe we can do that. Once we hit our, once we hit 1000 subscribers, maybe Nate and I will do one V one basketball uh i can promise you that it's not going to be as exciting as you think uh however boring you think it is or exciting you think it is it's going to be less exciting than that to watch us play one versus one basketball um yeah weston says maybe in the summer that's probably not a bad idea when we don't have have when we we're, we're trying we're scraping for ideas to make um utah jazz videos on um but yeah rough loss i'm I'm frustrated with that. Uh looks like the chat is dying down, so I'll I'll buy some more time in case you guys want to uh comment on anything or or ask anything. Uh but but for now, don't forget to like the video if you haven't already. And don't if I'm guessing most of the people here uh we don't have a huge group today. I'm guessing most of you are subscribed, but if you're not, you need to subscribe if you're a jazz fan. Uh, this channel is like just for jazz fans. We we focus on on the Utah Jazz. Do a post game video like this every game. Uh, have a couple videos in between, and uh, school's kind of been crazy for Nate and I. So we've had ideas, we just haven't been able to like find the time to make it actually work uh, between school and all of our side projects and work and all that stuff. So. Uh, but we are working on stuff. We have ideas. So subscribe. Get your, get your friends to subscribe because it'll be a lot more fun um, in in the near future. Um, so Carter asks, uh, do you think the NBA will address the horrible calls in this game and reprimand the refs? Uh, think if the Lakers played in this game and the same calls were made against them, hell would break loose. Um. Yeah, that's. Did did you guys see the, the decision on the Pelicans call that they they the NBA upheld it, which was kind of crazy. Um. I'm not super familiar, like, because I know the NBA will do a report for the last few minutes of every game, uh, just I, and it makes sense that they don't want to do a report for the whole game. Uh, and those last few minutes are more more vital, and the refs are usually a little more on it, and those are the, the calls that the fans get more upset about. So they will have that report. Um, that's just standard procedure. I don't think there will be any sort of reprimand. I don't think there's there's a process in place for the NBA, for refs uh, to be fined or, or any sort of reprimand. Um, I know the, the NBA will like looks at that and if they see commonly missed calls they'll update the rules and add that to training for the refs um but I I don't think there'll be anything like that uh to be honest um I I don't know that's an interesting conversation it's like if you want I don't let me know if I'm wrong uh but I don't think there is any sort of reprimand for refs, and that's an interesting conversation that we can have is should there be if if there is this particular ref or a particular team of refs that keeps making bad calls should the n b a find them and and would that do any good because at the same at the like it also goes down to are the refs like are they actually motivated like they want the jazz to lose? which that's something you could think. I I don't honestly don't think that's what's going on. Um and then if you find them how is it going to motivate them? And like would that actually motivate any change or would it just be make the refs a little more nervous to even make a call at all? Um so I I guess if that's the league you want to play in, you want to play in where the refs make a call only when it's more of an obvious foul than they make the call which honestly i i'm i'd be okay with that i'm i think there are too many fouls and too many calls and too many stops in play in the nba right now and i feel like refs are kind of babies when it comes to technicals <laughs> so i'd be i'd be happy with something like that at the same time i don't know if it would make any real difference uh, it's an interesting conversation we um, i'm i'd be happy to go down that rabbit hole sometime uh i might talk with Nate about that sometime. Um, Weston says don't ever quit this channel. You know he. <laughs> this channel's fun, and and you guys are what make it fun. So like, thanks for being here, and thanks for being on the chat. Even though there's there's not a ton of us. We have been noticing like we had a goal that by the All Star game we wanted 500 subs- subscribers. We hit, and uh, like a week or two ago we hit 440 and then we just kind of stopped, and, and we've, like, gotten to 4.41, then a few people unsubscribed, we went down to, like, 4.39, 4.40, and so we've just kind of been hovering there, so um, I, I love this channel, I think it's a lot of fun, but we, um we need to, like, see some more growth, because I've been thinking about it, like, if I don't ever quit this channel, that means when I'm 30, 40, 50, I need to be doing this channel, but it's going to be tough to <laughs> to convince my family that I need to be I need to do this channel and there's only 400 subscribers so I'm going to need y'all's help to to help grow this but like honestly like thanks for being here it's been super fun up to here and I'm excited to see where it goes uh, in the future Uh I'll probably wrap up for now but rough loss thanks for joining me guys um tune in for for Nate's post game review after the All Star game and, and I think he'll go over like uh kinda everything, All Star weekend. I believe it's going to be like all condensed onto one game onto one day this year instead of like normally they have the Saturday, Sunday. So tune in for that. It should be fun. Um a rough way to end the first half of of the season before the break, but I'm excited to see what the Jazz bring us. Um, after the all-star break. So thanks again for tuning in and hope you all have a great night.